Let's praise him again. Hallelujah. 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 Well, we're going to go to the word of the Lord and see what the Lord would say to our hearts on today. Praise God for that wonderful, wonderful miracle. I'm going to read from several scriptures. 1 Corinthians 4, 18. That's where we're going to start. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. I beg your pardon. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Secondly, we want to read from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Colossians 3 and 2, where the word of the Lord says, Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. And then Matthew 6, 33, the gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And then finally, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew 6, 19. Just a few verses back. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. My subject for today is a question. And the question is, is anything forever? Will you ask your neighbor the question, is anything forever? And let me answer the question by starting off to say, no thing lasts forever. No thing lasts forever. Most things last only for a short time. And the majority of you would probably proclaim that the lifespan of most of the things you deal with it's too brief. Lifespan of our cars is too brief. Lifespan of our shoes is too brief. The lifespan of our clothes is too brief. The lifespan of the people we love is too brief. And each year we note the anniversary of the departure of someone whom we held very dear to ourselves. We'd really not prepared for their demise. Their departure left a void that is still unfilled in our hearts. And even now we whisper to their distant deaf ears that we miss them so. 
reach for the phone to call them up, to realize there won't be anybody at the other end of the phone. In some cases, because of their youth or apparent health, we felt that they would long outlive us, that we would never be on the earth without their presence. In other cases, though they were older, we just did not allow the thought that they might leave us to migrate from our subconscious mind to our conscious mind. But Job 14 and 1 tells us that man that is born of a woman is of a few days. Look at your neighbor and say a few days. And then Job goes on to say, and full of trouble. Man comes forth like a flower. And then he is cut down, and he fleeth also like a shadow that continueth not. So the loss of our loved ones reminds us that we too must walk in the valley and the shadow of death. And Isaiah 40 and 6 says, all flesh is grass. And verse 8 says, the grass withereth, and the flower fadeth away, withering, fading. These are processes rather than isolated events. There's a point in time where the body begins to let us know that it has come to the declining side of the mountain. Now I've got news for you. If you're not growing, you're dying. The process of death has already began in your life. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16 says, though our outward man perishes. And that's what's happening. If you're on the wrong side of 40, on the wrong side of 50, you are perishing. Your outward man, you might patch him up, fix him up, dress him up, flower him up, do everything you can, plastic surgery, intestinal tie-off, all the kind of stuff you do to stay around here, you're still on your way out of here. Ecclesiastes 8 and 8 informs us that there is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Neither does he have power in the day of death. And you young folk don't uh, get the strong impression that because you're not on the wrong side of 50 that you got a long time to be around here. There are short graves at the graveyard along with the long graves that are there also. So life is not forever on this earth. Our bodies wither and they die. Few people are prepared for the loss of health. On the earthly level, every other joy is based on good health. Somebody has said that health is wealth. But sooner or later, physical vitality and stamina began to wither and to wane. Our health, our lives, and the lives of those we love are temporary and frail, transient, and vaporous. They appear for a while 
and then they decline and they vanish away. Dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. And so is life on this earth forever? No, it is not. Ah, well, what about friendships? What about relationships? Can't they last forever? Or at least can't they sustain us until we die? But how many of you know that relationships don't last forever? Have you ever experienced somebody whom you loved and respected and they went through a change? They loved you and you were the best thing on the face of the earth, but all of a sudden they could not stand the looks of you or the presence of you. You thought they'd be faithful and helpful and devoted to you for the rest of their lives, but all of a sudden they forsook you and left you all by yourself. Isaiah 40 and 6 says that man's goodliness is like the fading flower of the field. And the psalmist in his disappointment said in Psalm 41 and 9, Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, with whom I ate bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Why is it that sometimes the folk who are closest to you are the ones that hurt you most and disappoint you and treat you unkindly more than anybody else? Psalm 55 and 12. Are you all still awake? Psalm 55 and 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was you, a man mine equal, my guide, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. It was a friend that hurt me, the psalmist said. Husband, wife, mother, father, sister, brother, relative, friend can let you down. Anybody in here ever been let down? I'm, I'm talking to you. Some of you over this past year have experienced the withering of a relationship. The loss of that relationship snatched from you the joy and the exhilaration of living on the earth. And you're asking, is anything forever? But what about wealth? What about money? And the things that money can buy. Wealth should not be the prime objective of life because, number one, you have no guarantee that you're going to gain wealth. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have no guarantee that you're going to gain wealth. Jobs are sometimes difficult to keep and sometimes difficult to find. Business ventures do not always succeed. Then what you've accumulated can be lost in one fateful day of depression and disintegration of our financial system in our nation. So you don't 
have a guarantee that you'll always be able to get it, and you have no guarantee that you'll always be able to retain it. One devastating sickness can almost wipe out everything that you have on earth. And then thirdly, if you retain it, you have no guarantee that you'll enjoy it. What joy is a million dollars if cancer is eating away at your body? How can you enjoy your wealth if your home is a hell when you come into it? How can you enjoy your life and your wealth if your sons and your daughters are destroying themselves, hooked on dope, venereal diseases and sicknesses plaguing their bodies? and eating away at their life. The value of money is only relative, relative to the level of joy that it can bring into your life. And then it's only temporary because you're going to have to leave it if it does not leave you. Second Peter 3 and 10 tells us that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Even now they're talking about global warming and how the earth may one day be uninhabitable because of the heat and the failure of our atmosphere to protect us from the burning rays of the sun. Who knows when we'll find ourselves in the pathway of a meteor or a planet that will collide with who knows whether we might one day fall into the sun no thing lasts forever the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up and seeing then that these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye be in all holy conversation and godliness listen this earth will not last forever the scientists are telling us that, listen, catastrophe can come upon the earth over which they will have no control, no ability to change it or to twist it or to take it away. And the Bible says, even if the scientists don't say it, the Bible says, listen, this earth is going to pass away. It's going to melt. It's going to dissolve, dissolve with fervent wheat, heat. And so life here is just a phase. Y'all are so quiet. Just a segment, just a short chapter. I said life here is just a phase, just a segment, just a short chapter. And one day this chapter is going to end and another chapter is going to begin. And those who have encouraged their whole lives, their whole existence in this chapter are going to be ill-equipped to deal with the next chapter, let alone the future that they will confront. If you have encountered your life in this chapter, you're not even ready to live with the present, let alone with the future. This part of life, this phase of life, this phase of existence can be understood and dealt with only in light of the whole of existence. I'm going real slow. This aspect of life can only be dealt with effectively in light of the whole of life and the whole of existence. 
This is why every earthly system must fail. Every earthly philosophy must fail. Every theory that is based on this earth alone, it must fail because there are forces and powers beyond the earth. And these forces can be, uh, these forces must be understood if you're to understand this phase of life. Life on earth can only be understood when we have knowledge of the greater realities that surround life on earth. I'll say it again. Life on earth can be understood only as we have a knowledge of and an understanding of the greater realities that surround life on earth. What are you talking about, preacher? On a physical, chronological level, seasons, tides, days, months, years on earth can only be understood by going beyond the earth. The moon determines tides and certain other cycles on the earth. The sun determines days. The angle of the earth on its axis and variations in its distance from the sun can determine seasons. The nature of life on the earth is affected by forces beyond the earth. And if you don't understand those forces beyond the earth, you can't understand life on the earth. And I'll also say that time and life today are governed by eternity. Eternity governs time. Eternity governs life on the earth. There is an eternal pace. There's an eternal cadence. There are eternal realities that overrule and transcend what we see and what we touch. And just like God reached in and changed the schedule on that young man's life this past Sunday night, God reaches into time, time and time again. Eternal reality affecting time and changing the direction of time. Hear me today. You can't understand a symphony by hearing a single note. You can't understand a song by hearing a single part of a measure. Brother Michael, one of the musicians, hits one note. You don't know what's going to come after that note or before that note. But when you hear the whole song, then you can put that one note in perspective and see the significance that that one note has in terms of the whole song. You can't understand a picture by looking at a single square inch of the picture. All you see is just one small portion, but when you step back and see the whole picture, then you can understand the significance of that one square inch. You can't determine the pace of a march by hearing one beat. You don't know what the march, how, whether it's fast, slow. When you hear one beat, you, don't know, you have to hear the cadence of the beats before you'll understand the cadence and the rhythm of the drum beat. And you cannot know how to think. And you can't know how to live when you consult only with the physical and the material realities of the present. You're not ready to live if you're just looking at the now, at the here, at the stuff that surrounds you now. This is why our world is so messed up. It's why our world is so confused. 
This is why there's so much conflict, so much suicidal behavior, so much mass neurosis, so much psychosis existing, existing in our world. Our frame of reference is too narrow. And it's directed toward decaying temporary realities and illusions. I said our frame of reference is too narrow and it's connected to temporary passing transient temporary illusions. Hallelujah. So we need to focus on what's forever. If you can find out what is forever, then you'll understand time within the context of forever. So is anything forever? Is anything forever? Well, let me read the text again. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then Matthew 6.19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Is anything forever? Well, number one, God is forever. Will you tell somebody God is forever? Psalm 92 says, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. From the beginning of eternity to the ending, God is. When everything is gone, God will still be. God is forever. Psalm 102 and 25 says, the heavens are the work of his hand. The heavens are the work of thy hands, I beg your pardon, and they shall perish but thou shalt endure. When everything is gone, there'll still be God because God is still forever. May I ask you what your astrological sign will be when the heavens melt and the planets fall into oblivion? What planet will you refer to as the nature that influences and overpowers your life, your mentality? Somebody said, God, it's forever. And then number two, God's word is forever. Am I preaching today or not? The Bible says in Isaiah 48, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. God's word is forever. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 18, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. God's word is forever. And you can rely upon God's word. You can stand solidly on God's word. God's word is a guidebook for life and it is a map for eternity. And the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light unto my pathway. And last week we talked about the man who said, I would have perished except for the law of the Lord. 
If it had not been for God's word, I would not have been able to make it. Are there any witnesses here today? And so God's word is a guidebook for eternity. God's word prepares you for eternity. God's word will direct you and guide you as you go through life. And the only safe course in life is to follow the eternal word of God. Does anybody love God's word? God is forever. God's word is forever. And then Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is forever. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is forever. Psalm 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Forever he'll be wonderful. Forever he'll be counselor. Forever he'll be the mighty God. Forever he'll be the everlasting Father. Forever he'll be the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is forever. He always will be. And the Bible says his name shall be called Wonderful, or Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He always will be Savior. He always will be the Son of God. And so Jesus Christ is forever. He rose from the dead. He opened up a door through eternity. And all of us who believe in him can walk through that door and have everlasting joy in the presence of Almighty God. But not only is God forever, not only is God's word forever, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is forever. But then there's something else that is forever. Your soul is forever. Look over toward your neighbor and say, your soul is forever. Mark 8 and 36 says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And then the psalm have said in Psalm 49 and 15, God shall redeem my soul from the power of the grave. And then let me read 2 Corinthians 4 and 14. He that raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus Christ. Your soul is forever. Your soul will live on after you die. Your soul must be judged by God for the life you live on this earth and your soul will face judgment either in heaven or in hell forever. Hallelujah. Your soul is forever. Don't feel like when you die, you're gone. No, it's once appointed unto man to die. And after that, the judgment. Hallelujah. God's mercy is another thing that is forever. Tell your neighbor, God's mercy is forever. I'm so glad that God's mercy is forever. I'm so glad that when I came to God in my sin, in my unrighteousness, God did not turn me away as he had done for thousands of years before. 
as he had reached out to others, he reached right down to me, changed my life, and set me free. Psalm 103 and 17 says, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to them that fear him. No matter who you are, no matter how you live, no matter what you do, the mercy of the Lord can reach out unto you. For his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. I have no right to walk around with my nose in the air. The same mercy that saved you is the mercy that will save me. And if I need mercy, just like you need mercy, I don't have a right to look down on you. I don't have pride feeling lifted up in my spirit because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Thank God for the mercy of God. Don't you get lifted up. For if you exalt yourself, you'll be abased. But if you abase yourself and humble yourself, God will lift you up higher, higher. His mercy is everlasting. Hallelujah. If you want to read Psalm 136, 26 times in that one psalm, the Bible says God's mercy endures forever. And so when you tell two people God's mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. 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 But not only is God's mercy forever, but God's promises are forever. I said God's promises are forever. Hebrews 10 and 23, the Bible says he is faithful that promised. And Romans 4.22 says that what God has promised, he's able to perform. Tell your neighbor, if God promised it, he will do it. His promise is forever. His promise will not fail. You can stand on the promises of God. You can trust in the promises of God. God promised that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. That's forever. God promised, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. And he promised it. God promised that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And it's true. God's promises are forever. God promised that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. God promised I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And that's forever. God promised the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. And God promised it. 
and that's forever. God promised, call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, you promised it, and that's forever. Come on and praise him. God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Since we have so many wonderful promises, since God said, I will do it, if I promise it, you can expect it, then we can walk on by faith in God. When the whole world rocks and rolls, when the earth is shaking, we can still rely on our almighty God and walk on by faith with tears in our eyes, burdens on our back. Keep on walking. Keep on trusting. Tell your neighbor, keep on walking and keep on trusting. Don't worry about people. Don't worry about circumstances. If you've got God, God is above people. God is above circumstances. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, help me praise him. God's promises, I said God's promises are forever. All through the past, all through the present, all through the future. Be not dismayed, for there but time. God will take care of you. God will bring you out. God will bring you over. It's good to have life. It's good to have health. It's good to have time. It's good to have friendships. It's good to have money. But don't trust in any of these things. Put your trust in God. Let God be number one on your list, and God will take care of everything else. God will bring you out. God will bring you over. God will bring you through. I don't know about you, but my trust is in the Lord. Tell your neighbor, my trust is in the Lord. God will. Step in when other folks step out. God will stay with us when other folks leave us by ourselves. Hallelujah. God is my refuge and my strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I'm not going to fear. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is a very present help in time of trouble. That's what the Lord did. He's present when trouble rises. He's present when trouble comes your way. He's present when you don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, you can call on God. Hallelujah. God will. God will. I said, God will take care of you. Tell two people, God will take care of you. Yes, yes. We didn't have guns. 
We didn't have armaments. We didn't have protection. When that young man came running down the road with a pistol in his hand, but thank God we had God. And God can stop it. God can block it. God can overcome it. Child of God, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Grab your neighbor by the hand and tell him, neighbor, God can pull you out. Pull on that hand. Pull on it. God can pull you out. Pull you over. Yes. Yes, Lord. If he's ever done anything for you, if he's ever brought you out, if he's ever brought you over, if he's ever stepped between you and danger, if you've ever had a miracle, if God has ever done anything for you, praise him, praise him, praise him. the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless his holy name, bless his holy name. forever health on this earth is not forever friendship relationships on this earth are not forever wealth money and the things that it can buy are not forever but God is forever. God's word is forever. God's mercy is forever. Jesus Christ is forever. Your soul is forever. God's promises are forever. Can we praise God for that? Can we praise God? Forever. Forever. And my brother, my sister, if you want to live effectively, you've got to live in the realm 
are forever. Because it's only when you get your forever together that you can deal with time, that you can deal with today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will come together for you, will be added unto you. I want to talk to somebody about their forever. This earth, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I said this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. The angels beckon me through heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. There's a rustling inside you to let you know that there's something after this. That there's something still to come. That, that I'm not only my body, my flesh, my bones, my skin, my hair. I'm more than that. I'm more than my body. And one of these days I'm moving out of this thing and moving up into the presence of God and into eternity. But you want to be prepared for eternity. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so to believe in Jesus who died for your sins and rose again from the dead, letting you know that you too will one day rise from the dead, to believe in him is your doorway into eternal life. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you have it? Have you fixed your eternity? Are you building on things that are forever? Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust is to corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Moth and rust cannot corrupt. Thieves don't break. Nobody can steal this. You can have it throughout all eternity. Do you know Jesus? Are your sins forgiven? When this body decays and perishes, is your soul all right with Almighty God? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want to pray for somebody who wants to know Jesus. I want to pray for somebody who wants to be saved. Preacher, I want to get my eternity straight. If I can get my eternity straight, then I can get the rest of my life together by the power of God because it's only as I understand eternity and deal with eternity that I'm ready to deal with time. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want my sins forgiven. I want to come into relationship with the eternal almighty God. I want to be saved. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here and you would say, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want to pray for you and I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. Every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven. Jesus Christ can become Lord and Savior of your life. 
and you'll never be the same again. I'll pray for you right there, but I need to know that you desire prayer, that you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. If that's you, if you would say, preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, just lift your hand up so that I'll know that you want to be prayed for. Pray for me, preacher. I want my sins forgiven. I want to deal with eternity. I want to know Jesus. I want him to be my Lord. And I want him to be my Savior. I see that hand. Keep it lifted, please. Others need to lift their hands. There are at least 10 of you who need to lift your hands and say, Preacher, pray for me. I want God to be God of my life. I want to prepare for eternity. I want, I want to live and function at a higher level, at another level of living, another level of life. So if that's you, lift up that hand. Pray for me, preacher. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him to be my Savior. Lift those hands all over the room. I'm taking just another moment. If you're not sure that you're ready to stand before God in eternity, get that hand up and let's pray together. While those hands are lifted, lift those hands again. I'm praying now. Dear Lord, I pray that you'll come into the life of every individual whose hand is uplifted. Thank you, dear God, that you've ordered their lives so that they can be here and hear your word and receive your word and prepare for their eternity. Thank you, dear Lord, that in your mercy, you allowed them to live on until this day so that they would not confront eternity unprepared. Thank you, dear Lord, that you love them so much that you gave your son to die and rise again from the dead. And now I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I'm so sorry for all my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done, the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I want to live with you throughout all eternity. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe that he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I give my life to him. And I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I am saved. I thank you, Lord. I have new life. And I live throughout eternity with Jesus, my Lord. Thank the 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 Lord. Hallelujah.